We have Christmas uh, babies in our family. We have uh, our Sam is, he was the 22nd, and uh, Kate is the 28th. Am I right? Did I get that right? And Elijah? Well, that was a little, okay. So it's, it's fun to have little ones. In fact, we were even talking about that in Sunday school, uh, Miss uh, Lauren Parker. We were rethinking those, uh, remembering those, uh, those times of anticipation and babies being late and coming. Uh, got to hang out with Lauren Montgomery at, uh, in Houston at our uh, Hamare banquet, and she was walking around like this. I'm so tired. She's pregnant. This is a pregnant walk, by the way. I'm so tired. <laughs> so I'm just tired all the time. Uh, and so I think it's appropriate for us to think about um, our little ones and think about this time of year as we, we consider, like, Christ coming and the travail and all of that. Um, and our thinking, again, of the coming of Christ and the travail, <laughs> along the way. Maybe even today some of you may just be tired, right? Um, but the good news is Jesus is coming back again. Some of you are probably hurting this morning, physically hurting, emotionally hurting, worn out. The good news is Jesus is coming again. Some of you are in the midst of broken relationships. I'll let you know that Jesus is coming again. And that's where we find ourselves today in Luke chapter 2. So you can turn your Bibles with me as we look at this idea of waiting and anticipation for the coming of the Messiah and the coming again. My, uh, my dad loved, he was telling me when he was little, he loved Christmas so much that when he would come home from school, he would eat dinner and go to bed because he just wanted Christmas to come that much sooner. It seems like uh, there are a lot of things in life that we are waiting for and anticipating. Um, you know, for some of our teenagers uh, in our class, they're thinking about high school. They're like, things will really start happening once I get out of high school. Or for others, uh, whenever I get out of college or when I get married, uh, things will finally, my life will really begin, right? Uh, when I have kids, uh, when I don't have the kids in the house anymore, my life will really begin. When I get this job, this certain job, then if I get this promotion within the job, then I really, this will, you know, I'll be there. But we, we always get to those places and we never reach where we're going, right? There's a, a grandchildren. Uh, when, you, when you turn 50 and you realize you, you should have been saving <laughs> before now for your, and then finally when you retire. A lot of anticipation, a lot of preparation, thinking, waiting for that next thing. But today we're going to talk about the completion of those things, the fulfillment of them. So we start in verse 22, and I'm just going to read a little bit of this. And when the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they, Mary and Joseph, brought Jesus, him, up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. 
as it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of, turtle, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Uh, so here we have Mary and Joseph and they um, gave birth to little baby Jesus in Bethlehem and now they head to Jerusalem and in Jerusalem they are going to consecrate, they're going to, sorry, they're going to purif- have a purification ceremony. They're going to get the sacrifice for purification. The purification is actually for Mary, not for baby Jesus. But here's the interesting thing, that they didn't actually have to go to Jerusalem to do this. Uh, according to the law, they could get it done in Bethlehem or wherever they were. They could just go to a priest and they could have this offering and have the purification for Mary because she's given birth and it's part of the law. But they choose instead to go into Jerusalem. It had to be cumbersome carrying a little baby, some not too far, but it was trouble. And then they go to Jerusalem and in Jerusalem they have the purification at the temple, but really, this is not uh, uh, this is not about the purification of Mary. This is about the consecration of Jesus. This reminds us of the time that Samuel, in the Old Testament, was brought to Eli in Shiloh, the, the spiritual uh, a hub of the time, and there he was dedicated to the service of the Lord. This was going to be his house. And so now Jesus is brought very inconveniently to the temple because it's not about the purification, it's about the consecration, that this child is unique. There's something special here. And what that unique, special thing is about to be unfolded before them. Now, verse 25. There was a man in Jerusalem. We're going to find out this man's name is Simeon. And he's an older guy. And Simeon is a priest who has been preparing for the coming of the Messiah, for the what we'll hear later is the consolation of Israel. And he has been waiting. And it's as if God has told him, look, I'm going to keep you on earth and I'm going to make a promise to you. That you are going to get to see the thing that has been promised from way, way back. It is an encouragement to him that that, that all the struggle that you're going through, all the struggle that Israel is going through, all the, the things that you see that are broken and undone, that they are going to be made whole real soon. So just hang on. What what a special blessing this is to this old man. That God would speak to him like this. As a favor to you, Simeon, I'm going to keep you around. And in your lifetime, you're going to get to enjoy that which has been promised. And verse 25 starts with, now. This was the time. There's a man in Jerusalem. His name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do 
before him according to the custom of the law. He took him up in his arms and blessed God. We'll read that in just a minute. Can you imagine what this was like for Mary and Joseph? I mean, they walk in, and this old guy is walking around, and he goes, ha-ha, and grabs your child and begins to give this blessing. I think Mary and Joseph by now are getting used to some very unusual circumstances. <laughs> I mean, not too long ago, uh, Mary had had an angelic presence. Before that, her uncle Zechariah had had a, a, a miraculous presence uh, of an angel. And little John, soon to be John the baptizer, was born. And then Joseph also had an angelic experience. And then they find themselves in Bethlehem and giving birth. And all of a sudden, these, this ragtag group of shepherds walk up and go, I, we Could this be? Yes. And they fall down and worship this little child in a stable? This has had to been a crazy 10 months, right? And now you go in and this old man goes, ah, <laughs> and grabs your baby and you go, yeah, par for course. Yeah, this, is, this is probably gonna how it's going to be. And he begins to, to, to pray this blessing over this child, this watchman, Simeon, he, he's an interesting guy. He's described as what? Righteous and devout. But there's a third phrase that goes that waiting for the consolation of Israel. We shouldn't see those things as like, well, he was righteous and devout and he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. No, no. All three of those are of the same group. He is righteous, devout, and of course, he's waiting for the consolation of Israel. You see, the righteous and the devout, the people of God, were waiting for God to make all things right. Like, you couldn't be not waiting for the consolation of Israel and be considered righteous and devout. You were anticipating with faith that God was going to come and he was going to do something different. That he was going to make things right. And everything you saw was wrong and broken and it seemed hopeless. But for those who were righteous and devout, they believed. They were waiting for the coming of the Messiah. So he's righteous, devout, and of course, waiting for the consolation of Israel. Just waiting for God to put into action the promises and here it was happening. You know, the, the, this anticipation of the coming is so wrapped up in who we are to be as God's people. You think uh, on the positive note that you have uh, later on, we're going to see it in, in the book of Mark, Joseph of Arimathea. Do you remember Joseph of Arimathea? He's the one who's going to claim Jesus' body and put it in his own tomb, right? It says of, it says of Joseph of Arimathea uh, that he was one who was waiting. He was waiting for the kingdom of God. He was righteous and devout. But then we think about someone like Saul, right? And so Saul gets in trouble because he doesn't wait, right? And he sacrifices he sacrifices before 
before the prophet comes. He, he didn't wait on the Lord. He couldn't trust God through to the end. We see in Matthew chapter 25, there's a, Jesus tells the story of ten young virgins. And he says of these virgins that they were going out to, the, to, to, to wait for the bridegroom. Now half of them, five of them, went and got extra oil so they'd be prepared for when the bridegroom came because they didn't know when he would come. And he, he took longer than they thought. And it always seems like Jesus is taking longer than we want him to, right? As every Christmas say, Jesus come. Uh, sometimes, you know, when we get the report cards from our kids, we say, Jesus come, you know. And so... Jesus is always taking, the, the groom is taking longer than we would want. We would want him to come right now. But he takes longer than is anticipated and, and we are waiting. And there are those who are prepared that, it, that were in anticipation of coming and knowing that we don't know when. So we are going to make ourselves ready. And so Jesus is saying, expect for the bride to come back, but we should be ready. The righteous and the devout, we should be ready. This waiting in the scripture is not like a bus stop kind of waiting, like just waiting for the bus. It is an anticipation, like he's coming, so what needs to get in order for us to have a Merry Christmas, a Merry Second Coming? What do I need to do to get myself in order? So we have this righteous, devout man waiting for the consolation of Israel. Jesus is calling his followers to be anticipating his return, to stay awake for it. What did he tell the disciples when he was praying in the garden? He came back and they were sleeping again. <laughs> you couldn't stay awake just for a few hours in the midst of this. And we are the same way. We are to be the righteous and devout people of God, prepared for the second coming of our Lord. This word waiting is is a, not a passive verb, it is an active verb. <laughs> okay, so we got this old man, right? He's probably caning around the temple. This, this, these parents come in, and we know by their sacrifice, since it was like two pigeons, we know that their sacrifice meant that they were poor. They didn't have the, 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 the higher economic uh, sacrifice. They were on the, the lower end. So we have these two poor parents, young girl, with this baby in hand. And he is walking around, and he sees this couple. How do you know that this was the consolation of Israel? Who would have guessed? Who would have guessed? Holy Spirit told him. The Holy Spirit was on him. And so he said, now this is the consolation of Israel. This child, we were talking about in the Sunday school, when we hear about this uh, Isaiah passage, Isaiah chapter 9, behold, there will be a child born to you. And they're like, well, how can a child do all these great things? And so this old priest recognizes him. How did he recognize him? Because he was looking for him. 
He was looking for the consolation of Israel. He was waiting for the consolation. He was praying about it. He was telling others about it. He said, the Lord is coming. Something's going to happen. Our God is going to save us. It's the, it's the thing that animated him and gave him life was this consolation of Israel that has come. So when he came through the doors, he saw him. When nobody else saw him. Are you looking forward to the coming of Christ? Can you discern the times? Do you see that it's coming soon? Is it something that wakes you up in the morning and puts you bed to bed at night? In the midst of your struggles and trials, does it buoy your hopes? Because today is not the last day. Our Lord is coming back. Is he in your prayers? Is he in your study of the scripture? Do you anticipate the Lord coming back? Is this anticipation in your relationships with your friends around you that they need to know? Listen to what happens in verse 29. Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of, now it gets a little tricky, of all peoples. A light for revelation to the Gentiles. What? And for glory to your people Israel. And his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him. This child, he is going to be a blessing to all kinds of people. But watch what Simeon says. And Simeon blessed them, mom and dad, and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel. So he's saying like this child is going to call many, cause many who are in Israel to fall away or to rise up and worship. He's going to be, we later hear, a stumbling block, a rock of offense. He'll be a, a snare to some. But then listen to these words. And a sword will pierce through your own soul also. He says this to mama with her baby. It's not what you want to hear so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. He says to mom, this child is going to lift some up and some are going to fall away because of this child. He will have quite an influence. He'll be a stumbling block. And it's going to pierce your own heart. It's going to happen to your child. I think Mary, Mary may have loved and said, I don't know if I like that man. The rise and fall, pain and sorrow, light and life. For Simeon, this is what he's been waiting for. This is the consolation of Israel. This is the one who would bring peace. 
to our hearts. This is the one who will establish a heavenly kingdom and one day establish another kind of kingdom. He is the everlasting father, mighty God. He is counselor. He is king. He has come and he's coming back. Let us always keep before us what our hope is and whom it is found. So, a couple of questions. What are you waiting for? What are the things that you're like, I'll be okay then? Is it the coming of Christ? I'm waiting for that. I think there, there's bound to be, in the hearing of my voice, either here or maybe uh, as those who are going to listen online, those who don't really know Jesus like this. And the news is that Jesus is coming back, and when he comes back, he's going to gather together his people, but he will also be a judge to those who weren't looking for him. And he will be the dividing line. Were you a follower after Jesus, giving your life to him, or were you not? So for those today as you hear that, know that this is actually really bad news for you if you don't know Jesus. Because you will, when he comes back, you will be on the losing side. But he's also the good news for you today. Because if you follow after him, you give him your life and say, I receive this gift of salvation. I believe too that you are the consolation of Israel and for me that you are my peace. That when he comes back, he'll come back for you. This story, verse 25 says, now there was a man in Jerusalem. And I want to tell you, now is the time of salvation for you. He could come back when we leave the doors. Today is the day of salvation. And so my question for you today is, what are you waiting for? Follow after Christ. Know him. Well, my friends, Jesus is coming back. Let that be your amen. Let that put you to bed tonight and wake you up in the morning. Celebrate Christmas. Remember, like, he's done it once, he's going to do it again. And it'll be so awesome. I can't wait to eat with you in the heavenlies. But until then, I'll see you tonight by Hot Cocoa.